Hey friends, welcome to the Next Step Leadership Podcast, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step. I'm Tracy Venels, and my partner for the Next Step Journey is Chris Maxwell. Together, we hope to inspire, inform, and foster the confidence you need to take your next step in your personal growth, spiritual growth, vocation, or calling. Our special guest today is TJ Rosine, the head men's basketball coach at Emmanuel College where he's been for the last 16 years, and he's starting his 21st year as a head college basketball coach. He's been involved in six national championship games, and they have won three of those. Furthermore, he's also won the National Coach of the Year three different times. Coach Rosine is married to his wife, Erin, and they have four children, Boston, Bella, Presley, and River. He also serves as Director of Coach Development of PGC Basketball Camps and oversees all PGC coaching clinics across North America. So with that, let's dive into this week's episode of Next Step Leadership with Coach T.J. Rosine. I'm Chris Maxwell, and uh, man, I'm excited uh, today I get to say hello and have a conversation with two dear friends. Uh, Tracy, it's good to see you and good to have a conversation with you. And Coach T.J. Rosine, it's great to uh, have a conversation with you. It's good well, to see I you love guys. conversating with you guys. Thanks so much for having me. Well, man, welcome back. Uh, excited to be back and enjoy y'all's show and you know, I love talking leadership, and I think it's an ever-evolving concept yep. and almost daily changing, and uh, so I'm passionate about it and love talking about it. Well, let's start by talking about podcasts, because mm-hmm. you said you dropped a bombshell a minute ago. He says they have, they're in the, their episodes 500, and I thought, mm-hmm. oh man, we've really done something. we got 120, <laughs> and he said he's got 500, and I'm going, whoa, that's like in the windshield for us. Hey, tell us the name of your podcast, and man, that's a... Yeah, yeah it's, it's the hardwood hustle, and um, you know, find it on all the all, all the sites. But really, it's meant to educate, empower, and encourage. You know, primarily uh, coaches, uh, basketball coaches, and you know, I think five hundred episodes is because we've just tried to continually add value to people, mm-hmm. and I think people keep coming back when they feel value and they feel like they can take this, and, and I'm a better leader because of it, or I'm better at encouraging somebody because of it, and uh, we really you know, the players are the winners. So we want to help the coaches be the best they can be because we know that the lives they're impacting when they go coach their team. And we have a lot of players that listen to it and a lot of just kind of business leaders as well. But a lot of our target market is, is coaches. I listen to it. And and, from, from my perspective in a pastoral role, you know, working with college students, I mean, it applies to life, TJ. That's one of the things that I love about what you guys are doing with with PGC, I mean, it helps on the court, but it helps so much off the court. Yeah, I think you know our light, at, our mission at PGC is to be a light in the basketball world, and I think whether it's our podcast or whether it's PGC or whether it's coaching or Emmanuel, like I, I just have to be attached to things that have impact. You know, I, I want to make a difference. I would, I would feel um, empty if I went to work in any one of those aspects and didn't have an opportunity to impact and to make a difference because I know the time we're here is short and and you got to do what you can to uh, help others to climb the ladder with you and and to help them um, find their why and their passion for living and making a difference. Well, we've caught you in the off season from you have had a, you had a really good year uh, which seems like we say that every year uh, at Emmanuel College with the men's basketball program and uh, I've known you long enough now that I see not only the focus you have on the players, but also on the coaches and the coaches' families. Mm. Uh, Tell us a little bit about where that 
that philosophy. Now, I'm, if I'm missing that, you just correct me. Well, I, you know, I try, and I think a big part of that is um, surrounding yourself with um, people. I know my strengths and weaknesses. I've really dove into what I do well and what I don't do well, and um, I think surrounding yourself with a team full of people. Um, that can bring out the best in the team that you're coaching, and I think that's what we've done really well. You know, I, you know, uh, Chris's son Graham, um, top assistant in the country, named top thirty under thirty by Under Armour any wow. level of basketball. And um, you know, I'm I'm high D. I like to drive things forward. I like to lead the group. I like to go. And then Graham is about the opposite of me, where he can do those things and I can do the other things. But when you talk about being in a relationship with people and discipleship and just spending time with people, there's probably nobody better in the world than Graham. And so you know, this year we actually had seven assistant coaches. We keep wow. getting people coming on, wanting to be assistant coaches. Um, and it's real simple because I think we add value to them. Mm. And I think everybody wants to be a part of something where they feel valuable and where you're adding value to them. And so we make that a focal point of what we're trying to do every day, not just with our coaching staff, um, but with our players. And uh, when you have that work environment, and I'm lucky to work in a lot of environments like that because I've seen it and I lived out, I've seen the example. And you know, when you've been in that environment, you don't want to be in another one. That's right. You know, it's just you're, you're passionate about what you're doing every day because, you know, you don't just say bye, you say I love you, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you know that you're yep. connected with people yeah. and that's a lot of fun. Well, you guys have have worked to create that climate. You've created an environment like that. Uh, how can we all become better at sort of crafting and doing the the art side of of developing an environment where people mm. feel loved they mm. know they are important they they do not have to be clones each one just alike but they uh, can use their talents and their gifts and they are valued to do that yeah you know we could we could have a really long conversation about this one because i i think that this is something I am diving into almost every single day i think this is one thing that's probably just weighs on me that's heavy on my heart is um you know, I, I think leadership is a really difficult thing in the sense that almost today, if you're a leader, you're questioned, doubted, or, mm-hmm. um, you know, like, why is this person here? What yeah. have they done wrong? Uh, where it used to be where because you were a leader, you were just automatically respected. Mm-hmm. And if you think about, like, just um, just what's going on in politics and what goes in almost every single aspect, you're almost immediately doubted because you're the leader. Mm-hmm. And as coaches deal with that all the time, I mean, my heart is heavy for high school coaches um, who I speak to a lot. We have a business to, to help mentor high school coaches. And um, there's administration, there's parents, there's players, you know, that they oftentimes feel very lonely, as I'm sure a lot of pastors do and people in leadership can feel really lonely because um, it's not like everybody's for you just because you're the leader. I think there actually is an, uh, an entry point of doubt now, and that that is different. And I think I, I'm passionate about figuring out how to help people live in that space, but I don't think you can live in that space unless you understand who you're leading. And I think who we are leading is constantly changing and evolving. And so we have to change and evolve. Now, the question of where do we actually draw the line? You know, what is, um, what have we done forever that is tried and true Mm -hmm. and we don't need to bend on? And what do we need to bend on? Where do we need to evolve? And those are daily questions. Yeah. We've got timeless truths that have withstood the test of time. 
Uh, but then there's some places that we, we can, can flex. Uh, how do you distinguish between a, a time, like this is a core value. This is a value that's not going to waver. We're going to stay here. We're going to dig into this. Uh, give us some of those and, and how do you guard those? And then the secondary part of that, and then how do you decide, okay, which parts are, are we can flex on? Yeah. Well, I'll just give you a practical example. Um, you know, we deal with all different types of kids. If you were to look at our team, I mean, we have um, pastor's kids and we have inner city kids that had, you know, apparently maybe slightly involved in their life, if even involved in their life. And so you got to ask yourself, like, what matters the most? Because if everything matters equally, you know, nothing matters really. And so, That's so good. Uh, when I think about um, th- their heart is what matters most to me. And so I can look past the earrings, the hair, the tattoos, the whatever else, I can look past that because I, I, I want to get to their heart. And so if I fight every battle about, you know, did they shave? Did they do their hair this way? Did they do that? You know, they're going to miss the thing that I really want to fight for the most, which is their heart. So that's just kind of one, you know, practical example. But um, those things like gratitude is a pillar, you know, like it's really hard to move forward. It's really hard to have a great team. It's really hard to have a group that's passionate about something if they can't source from a place of gratitude. They can't mm-hmm. daily recognize, daily recognize. Oh, I'm thankful for this, and so we do a lot of practice of gratitude mm-hmm. within our team because I, you know, I think a thankful heart is an open heart, and an mm-hmm. open heart can be changed. An open heart can grow, and so I think that is probably a pillar that is most important to us. That's good. I love that. The, the whole attitude of gratitude affects us in, in our personal lives, and then it affects. Uh, what we do, how we do what we do, and why we do what we do. Well, you, you, as I think about the conversations that I've seen you and, and Graham having with our student athletes, um, the importance to me is the value of listening. I, you guys have given time and space to the student athletes, not just coaching, telling them what to do. It's not about the words we speak only. It's about the words we hear or the words that they're afraid to say that we're willing to listen. And think of a couple of a couple of the guys that were on your basketball team a few years ago, and I was just sitting having a conversation with both of them. And as you just mentioned, they came from two very different backgrounds. Hmm. But what they both needed was just someone to listen. Yeah. And I sat beside them. The best sermon I ever preached to them was when I said nothing, TJ. Hmm. I just said, hey, guys, tell me how you really do it. And let's not talk basketball this time. You guys are playing great, by the way. I'm proud of it. So I bragged on them. I said, tell me how you're really doing. And they got past that initial reluctance, and then they began telling me their stories. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they don't care what you know till they know how much you Mm -hmm. care. You know, you've heard that so many times. And uh, it it sounds so cliche, but it it is so true. And I, I think that plays out in everything. I mean, every... Because you know, I also help run a business, and um, if employees feel like they just got to show up and do a job, that runs its course. Yeah. But when they feel cared for, and how do people feel cared for? They have a story. They have things burning on their heart. They have things going on in their life. And if you don't care to know that stuff, I mean, there's almost a direct correlation on how much they're sort of going to lose connection with what they're doing every day because everybody wants to be valued and everybody does more when they are valued. That's right. Well, 
we see that being enacted. I mean, just this morning, you came in the room and you said, hey, I just got back from Greece. Mm. And it wasn't just a trip. It was an educational trip. It was, But it was a trip that you took with people that you care for. They're part of a team. And why'd you do that? Well, it's about not just the growth and development of the people and the organization, but we care about these people. So I know you live that, and I, I've, I get to see that. Um, what are some of the struggles mm. that you face in trying to keep the main thing the main thing uh the relationships uh the the listening heart uh knowing the individuals before trying to shape the individuals and, and always having to be in learning and growing mode but what are some of the the obstacles that you see that that tend to hinder that well i think the obstacles um are are, are really interesting because I, I really think they're just little roadblocks and, and blips from the enemy, things that distract mm. us from actually um, getting where we want to get to. And you see those, I mean, social media is something that there's in, there's so much influence, and that influence is different than it used to be because the influence is constant. Um, the influence is from people who might not even be telling the truth, might be just telling a fake story about it because the social media, you don't know what you're going to get. I think that's one. I think that... Um, not just social media, but just media in general. I mean, we're just getting stories from so many places. And I think one of the biggest roadblocks and, and one of the most troublesome things to, to navigate right now is that, you know, I want to lead players into um, a greater relationship uh, with the Lord. I want them to, um, I want employees, I want everybody that I'm around to, to see that, to feel that. But I think their questions are different than they've ever been. And I don't know how well equipped we are in a lot of arenas to answer those questions. And unfortunately, um, that's the entry point for a lot of them is they want to know what your answer to this question is. And, uh, and so I think that we have to be better equipped as leaders to be able to have those conversations. And it's okay to say, I don't know. I don't have the answer. I don't know all that, you know, but let's just, let's just have a, a loving conversation about that, and I, I think that uh, um, I just think we're not. I mean, I would hate to be you guys lead. I'd hate to be a pastor right now. You know what I mean? Mm. I mean, it's so tough. It's, I was thinking the same thing. It's the same questions we have to deal with yes. any uh, different levels and flavors of gender dysphoria yeah. uh, that people are, uh, and, and that's where students are. They're thinking about uh, and they're asking questions. How do we have the? I just long for this. This these dialogues, like like the one we're having right now. Where we just say, I don't know, I don't have a bunch of pat answers, uh, but man, I'm going to hit this with a, uh, I care about you, and we'll figure this thing out together kind of mindset. Yeah, you know, I, I love the thought that it's better caught than taught a lot of times, mm-hmm. and so the way that we live our lives really matter. I think that that is um, more important than ever. Like we have to live an authentic life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, another one, I, I love this analogy. I'm not sure um, where I heard it, but, you know, if there was a lion in a cage and you had to protect this lion, it's your pet animal, and a hundred people were coming after this lion, what would you do? And, you know, you couldn't engage and fight each one of these hundred people individually. You know, the answer to shorten the story is you would just open the cage. And I think that's what we have to do. I think that, uh, there's so much defending of religion and Jesus, and I want to be right. And we saw that play out in politics. You know what I mean? Like, it's just everybody, like, I, not to get political, but two things can be true. 
you know? Exactly. And it can go either way. Like, yeah. you can really love Donald Trump's policies and maybe disagree with some of his actions as a person or Joe Biden the other way. Mm-hmm. You could love his right. policies or love him as a person, but disagree with, you can do both of those things. But it was so polarizing, and I think our world wants us to be polarized mm-hmm. right now, where it's like, no, if you if you uh, if you like Trump's policy, you love everything about him. Or if you like Biden's policy, you love everything about mm-hmm. him. And it doesn't have to be that way. But I think we're so, just put into these corners where we have to choose and be that polarizing. And I saw that do a lot of damage to a lot of people, mm-hmm. um, specifically in the church, where it was just they stopped seeing us love and they stopped seeing us. I want to meet them where they're at. They saw us choose sides, you know, and uh, I don't think that's how Jesus lived his life. You know what I mean? I don't think he came in here. Um, I've heard this said before, too. He's like, the people that desire power are probably the people that shouldn't be in power. Absolutely. And, and you look at Jesus, that's how he lived yes. his life. And so if you desire to be right, like going back to the lion in the cage, if you desire to defend that lion and fight every one of those battles, like you're, you're in trouble. But if you just open open the cage and you let mm. the lion out, he's probably going to be okay. And I think if we mm. just let Jesus roam about and let his story be known and just love like he loved, he's probably going to do pretty good at defending himself. And, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's a, it's a tough road to navigate, but it's a road that is being demanded that we do navigate, right? Mm. Because it's yeah. easy to turn people away. It's easy for them, if you don't give the right answer, to want to go away. But the most important thing is, they are asking. That's so right. we cannot shy away from it. Exactly. Wow. TJ and, and Tracy, as, as um, thinking about what we're saying here, uh, one of the students in spiritual formation class, they read uh, through my book, Pause with Jesus, and they were writing their reflections on it. And I love the comment that one of the students made. Uh, she wrote, Jesus did not do what anybody expected him to do, hmm. but what they needed him to do. Isn't that great? Mm-hmm. It's like they didn't know what they needed That's Jesus right. to do. They, they had all these assumptions and they expected him to go this route and, mm-hmm. you know, from the religious perspective or the political perspective. But in that culture, Jesus did not play any of those games. He brought a totally different game. And he's mm-hmm. trying to do that for us today. He's Absolutely. wanting us to be a part of this new team, this new brand, this new approach to servant leadership and love the people who are desperate for love, but love them the way he loved them. Yeah. And it, it's not cliche. I mean, love doesn't fail. Like I've been, I've, mm-hmm. I've coached hundreds and hundreds of players and, and spoken to and mentored thousands of coaches. And I have not seen love fail. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I, I've had plenty of disagreements, yeah. plenty of arguments, plenty of, you know, whatever, but at the end of the day, if that person really knows that you love them, that's right. I mean, that's, and that's what Jesus modeled for yeah. us, right? And so it, people ask me, well, where do you start? You know, what do you do? You, you just simply start with love. Like, there you I, go. it's not even worth sometimes engaging in that conversation until they know how much you love them. That's right. And I think that plays out so many times, TJ, in uh, Chris, in that we're, we're listening to their story. You, you've said it before that I've got to engage that. Um, we the more I hear story and I hear the story behind the story, I realize that we're really much more alike than we are different, mm-hmm. and we can build off those common places. We can actually you know then dive into those things, and we can agree to disagree on on specific issues, but we can't do that if we don't start from that place of of respect and love and and giving you access to deeper places in me. And and it sounds risky. 
Mm-hmm. And you know what? I think we're going to have to talk a bit more about this because we're running out of time for this episode. But man, mm. has this been good. Yeah, this is so good, guys. I appreciate both of you. And uh, yeah, we can have a relationships with people that we are different. I mean, I'm not just like you guys. I mean, neither of you have hair that looks as good as mine. We know that. But I do talented. have better coffee. <laughs> In each of your areas, but... Uh, TJ, this is awesome, man. So thank you. And uh, we'll end this conversation and uh, then then dive in for next week as we just continue just working together and learning from one another, loving one another, and trying to find ways to make our next steps our best steps. Thanks for joining us on Next Step Leadership, a weekly conversation dedicated to your personal growth and leadership development. Chris and I are so glad you joined us. You can find us on your favorite podcast providers. Do us a favor and hit subscribe. And if you really want to help us, give us a rating. We so appreciate your support. Check out our show notes for more information regarding guest contact information. Tracy Reynolds' new book, Second Chair Leadership, How to Serve, Thrive, and Lead from Where You Play, is available now at ctracyreynolds.com or Amazon. Chris Maxwell's 11th book, Equilibrium, 31 Ways to Stay Balanced on Life's Uneven Services is available now at chrismaxwell.me or Amazon, where you can find all of Chris's previous books as well. Our featured music is by Casual Americans. You can find their musical releases at casualamericans.com or your favorite music supplier. We release Next Step Leadership each Thursday, so join us again next week on the Next Step Journey, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step. Things fit.